security of the eastern flank of EU and NATO and the whole Eastern Europe begs for attention. One of the aspects uh, is what's happening on uh, Lithuanian and Polish border with Belarus. Uh, then we see Russian activity on the border with Ukraine. We see all kinds of... Uh, movements in the energy sector. So it seems that it's not the most stable moment uh, in our history. And uh, when talking about our region, I would say that the most vulnerable are, of course, Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia, the small countries that border Russia and uh, Belarus. Kinga, do you think that they really perceive themselves as the frontline countries at the moment in particular? At the moment, particularly, yes, of course, but not only at the moment. It's really started on the, the security policy of Baltic states uh, has a little bit changed already after aggression of Russia uh, against Ukraine. Kinga Dudinska, Polish Institute of International Affairs, and I am an expert at PISM uh, dealing with the Baltic and Nordic states, especially regarding uh, uh, security and energy policy. So that was uh, that was the point game changer in uh, security policy of Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia. And what uh, was and still is, as uh, already the situation uh, has proved that uh, Russia's uh, policy is the main factor. Uh, it is the main background of uh, the way how Baltic states define the, their security policy and perceived themselves as uh, the vital point of uh, thinking uh, uh, regarding security in the region generally. And also, maybe we will back a little bit um, later to this, but you already mentioned the energy sector as well. So what is typical also uh, in the Baltic states and for the Baltic states that thinking about the, their security policy is perceived also uh, from this energy uh, security uh, energy uh, sector uh, as well. Kai, Germany has a special role to play here. First of all, as a major European uh, power, uh, even though without a direct border with Russia or with Belarus, uh, but uh, with very, very strong direct links, especially now concerning the energy sector with Nord Stream 2 operational. Is there a sense of new urgency in Germany concerning uh, well, all kinds of security on the eastern flank of Europe. No doubt that there is. And I think this has considerably changed as compared to a situation 10, 15 years ago. I am Kai Olaf Lang. I'm a senior fellow at the German Institute for International and Security Affairs. And I work on Central Eastern Europe, the Visegrad countries, the Baltic states on their uh, security uh, and European policies. Uh, you might remember that um, Germany, which was an engine of EU and NATO enlargement, was to some extent quite um, reluctant when it came to the uh, NATO aspirations of the Baltic states. Uh, but at the end, Germany was supportive of that. And once these countries joined, 
Germany clearly saw that um, they are uh, in a quite exposed region, that the northeastern shoulder, so to say, of, uh, of the uh, enlarged alliance is an area which has to be protected. And it is no accident that, um, and we will certainly talk about that more in detail, that um, it's uh, Germany, which is the so-called framework nation for the uh, NATO enhanced forward presence uh, unit, which is uh, deployed in Lithuania. And if you also look at uh, the diplomatic sphere, now in the 1990s, the top level German politicians were not so often in the Baltic states. This has changed. You know, we have a very intensive network of contacts on a bilateral level, but also in the three plus one format. So for example, in September, the three presidents of the Baltic states visited the, the German uh, federal president, but then also in other, on other levels, we have a network. So I would say there is a growing awareness that these are countries which are vulnerable, vulnerable, and that of course, it's also in Germany's interest to reduce the vulnerability of um, uh, the, the eastern flank of NATO. So in order, Germany, I think at the end, wants to avoid the creation of incentives for Russia to test the firmness of the alliance in this part of Europe. Toolkit, it's one thing, and we'll talk about it in a second, but uh, one of the preconditions of any cooperation is, of course, trust. And Kinga, do you see that Germany and then broader, uh, in a broader perspective, the large international bodies of European Union and NATO are perceived in our region as reliable enough to protect well, Baltic states and other countries from, from the threat? Tricky question. And uh, there is no easy answer for this, actually, because uh, I will, in two words, yes, yes and no. And I will back a little bit what already uh, said, that it is not only the case that Germany are more interested in cooperation with the Baltic states. And, and indeed, we've got, uh, uh, we can see uh, how this uh, on diplomatic level, this cooperation increased. Uh, the next one, uh, security policy, not only the fact that the German soldiers are, are in Lithuania at the moment, however, also the companies from Lithuania and Germany in this defense sector cooperate as well. And at the same time, I will put a, uh, a one more puzzle uh, to this, uh, because Germany are more and more important partner for Baltic states after Brexit, actually. In my opinion, what I can, uh, I can say, uh, say about this cooperation is that losing UK as an important uh, partner on the EU level, Germany will replace UK. And uh, this is also the important background of this cooperation. Uh, reliable and um, Germany's role, uh, EU, NATO, in the security of region. Just taking uh, into, mm, in, into account what we've got at the moment in Riga, yes, we've got the meetings of NATO ministers, uh, ministers of foreign affairs, 
um, the alliance, the EU, the Commission is um, uh, already co- uh, cooperating with, uh, with with NATO at the moment, uh, as we're talking about the situation on the border, and as we talk uh, talking about not only the Belarus case in this uh, situation, but also about what is going on on the uh, Ukrainian border uh, and uh, how Russia's active uh, active ac- actions or even more visible at the moment and uh, this military aspect is uh, getting more serious coming back directly to your question uh, what is necessary at uh, at the moment is that decisive nato's and eu actions on the level this uh, in- interactive policy and uh, adequate answer for for that what is happening uh, at the moment so uh, Germany's role here is a very big one, uh, but this is not only Germany's role. Uh, so that's why that's why I um, at the beginning said that it is a, a little bit tricky question, having in mind a, a different kind of puzzles which are responsible in the fact uh, for uh, the whole situation and how the crisis uh, on the border can be managed. Well, it is tricky because we are talking about credibility and credibility as such is a very very tricky animal if i can add one thing uh, just uh, this credibility what is not necessarily very credible for for uh, baltic states so it, of course we already mentioned this in uh, in our discussion of course the not seem to yes this is this is something which is uh, from baltic states perspective uh perceived as a threat for their energy security, not only policy, but uh, perceiving how uh, this uh, German-Russian cooperation can influence the security in the region uh, as well. And credibility is the key here, because uh, in order to influence somebody, uh, your tools need to be credible, or you need to have uh, you need to have credibility of using them, not necessarily force, but uh, all different kinds of tools that are available to politicians, to diploma, uh, diplomats. And uh, Kai, what do you think are the tools that the West, Germany, uh, really have, uh, or the Germany really has versus Russia that can use to mitigate its influence or to protect all the Baltic states or the whole eastern flank or northeastern flank of NATO and and Europe? There is quite a a lot of instruments. um, And um, I think it's important that um, the West has discovered and accepted that um, potential threats for the eastern flank are not only confined to what is called hard security, which of course is very important, but that it's a much broader range of um, uh, uh, possible uh, measures of instability. Uh, we mentioned uh, energy security. Now we see the situation at the border, but there are also other areas which come rather to the soft end and which are often neglected. The question of uh, Russian-speaking minorities, the question of the information sphere, but also the question of the stability of the financial sectors. There have been huge financial scandals in the Baltic states 
in Estonia, the so-called Danske Bank, one of the biggest, maybe the, the biggest ever uh, financial scandal in Europe with uh, the suspicion of money laundering, US authorities, which have um, uh, pressured on the Latvian government at various occasions because there have been financial flows from the East to different uh, unclear destinations in other parts of the world. So it's a very, a very broad uh, sphere. Uh, and at the same time, the, the West has to demonstrate unity because what uh, helps us if we have the best instruments, if we're not willing to, to use them. Um, but let me let me add uh, one one observation concerning what what Kinga said and and what we have uh, discussed before on on the Baltic states and on, on trust, which I think is 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 important. I think the Baltic states have a a realistic mistrust. Uh, so trust in international relations is important, but mistrust can also have a constructive role because it helps you to figure out in how far you can rely on others. But at the same time, the Baltic states are very pragmatic. So I would dare to say that Nord Stream 2 is less of a toxic issue in the debates between Germany and Estonia, Germany and Latvia, than uh, as compared to the German-Polish <laughs> uh, discussions we very often have. I think the Baltic states have a sort of diversified, multiple approach vis-a-vis -vis the situation we have in the West, which means, of course, the core of their security is NATO. I think it was Egeus Levitz, the, the uh, president of Latvia, who once, uh, or Prime Minister, uh, President Nauseda of, of Lithuania, but also others, that for us, NATO is life, the EU is good life. At the same time, of course, there are some question marks about the future orientation of NATO when we look at the, at the strategic concept 2030 and how far, for example, China should be present there, if this is good or bad for the Baltic states. The second thing is, I think the Baltic states have indeed discovered the, the role of the European Union in security affairs. If you look, for example, at energy security, the BEMIC, the Baltic uh, uh, energy, uh, a new plan for integrating the uh, energy peninsula of the Baltic states to the EU energy markets. And finally, I think an, another element of this diversified pragmatic approach is bilateral and regional cooperation with other partners in Europe. Uh, you may, we mentioned Germany, but of course also the traditionally very close interaction with the Nordic states, this, this Nordic-Baltic 8 uh, conglomerate, for example, and more, more recently, Poland and the Baltic states, so, so in the way of the, the northeastern NATO flank. So I, I would say, summing up, this, this, is a, this, this shows us that these, the, the Baltic states, uh, after what, what a Latvian colleague once called the, the period of hope in the 1990s and with the prospect of joining the safe heaven of EU and NATO, very swiftly woke up in another reality, which was much more complex and where it was uncertain whether there, whether there are more and more uncertainties about the future of NATO and, and the EU. And that's what, and, and of course, the, the, the new threats coming from the East, and they, they, their response is, yeah, we have to cooperate with as many as possible partners in, in different ways. So maybe NATO first, but not NATO only. So in, in a way, they are kind of true Euro-Atlanticists. Uh, if I if I may add or just a little bit 
maybe not in front and uh, against what uh, what Kay said. However, I will a little bit change uh, the priorities because um, I'm very like the idea about this uh, pragmatism of Baltic states and this diversification. And uh, him, the first of all, pragmatism, uh, it is something which is not necessarily uh, understood very well on the EU level when we are talking about this balancing by the Baltic state uh, of uh, the EU security policy, EU defense policy against NATO and how the Baltic states perceive it. And here we've got the role of France. This is some. This is the next element which uh, which is visible since the Macron's visit in uh, in Latvia and uh, Lithuania uh, last time last year or one and a half year. Um, and Baltic states are more involved at the moment with cooperation of the uh, missions uh, where France is involved as well. Um, this is also the, the Nordic, uh, Nordic Baltic cooperation also uh, regarding what is happening on the Baltic Sea and how Russia is active uh, on the basin is visible as well. And this NBA, however, the Northern Group with, with, with other countries from, uh, from the region is also quite important element. Uh, however, I still will push the button that the US uh, it, it is uh, it is the game the first the, the first game player uh, according to the security of the Baltic states and it is even visible after the last decision of uh, Lithuania's uh, opening uh, Taiwan Taiwan's bureau in uh, in Vilnius However, what is what Baltics, um, according to this pragmatism argument, uh, what the Baltic states are doing, it is also uh, the last decision of Lithuania trying to be more important partner for U.S. Not necessarily only the, the states which is uh, waiting for having U.S. Uh, security guarantees for for itself. It is the first ever uh, on the high level discussed. Uh, uh, U.S.-Lithuania cooperation on the Indo-Pacific. That's the, the same Lithuania and other Baltic states try to pre, uh, present themselves as a, as much as possible important partner. And that's why uh, what is making, for example, Estonia in, uh, in this area. Estonia's foreign policy is based on some... Uh, presentation of the states like uh, specialized in in, uh, uh, in such uh, fields like cybersecurity, digitalization. Uh, yes, maybe small states, but here we can be a very, very good, important partner. So just a few words occur, um, ahead of what Kai said. So what you're saying that the Baltic states are finding the niches, actually, and uh, finding the place to become important, even though they are, well, small, not even relatively, just small states, they can actually put their weight where, where it matters. And now, Kai, do you think, do you agree that what's happening with Lithuania and China it's not really a matter of Taiwan. It's not really a matter of bilateral relationships, but rather Lithuania defining itself as a player clearly associated with Americans and taking parts in the bigger game to actually earn something 
in response or re in American reaction in the area which is more important. So actually, Lithuania is engaging itself versus China in order to gain some favors from Americans vis-a-vis -vis Russia. That's part of the story, to be clear, and referring to what Kinga said, of course. And that's why I said there is a posture of NATO first, and what's behind it is, of course, US first. For all of the three countries, the United States is the last lender of security. It's the United States uh, which uh, gives reassurance and defense. No doubt about that. I just wanted to say that the Baltics uh, try to complement uh, this situation by cooperating with others. Estonia, for example, is the only country from Central Eastern Europe which has been invited to the French intervention initiative. Estonia has hundreds of troops in Mali with a French-led uh, uh, operation, Barkane, for example. And also, there is a strong emphasis on the EU. Uh, some of us remember the debates about the Baltic states joining the Eurozone. That was not so much about financial issues, it was about security, because they said if the Eurozone might turn out to be the core of the EU, solidarity might be higher there. So that's why we have to join. So that's what I what I what I want to, to do to emphasize. Now Lithuania and China, we also see it here, of course. No doubt there is a strong geostrategic element in the whole story. And this high-level dialogue Kinga mentioned with Foreign Minister Landsberg is uh, who traveled to, to, to the US and uh, an Indo-Pacific dialogue. So I think the Americans usually have uh, rather other heavyweight partners with whom they want to discuss the situation in the region. But that was a clear signal to, to the world. But I would say uh, there is also a second element in this process. Of course, the Lithuanians want to emphasize vis-a-vis -vis Washington that if you want to contain Chinese influence, you have to do it not only in the Pacific, but also in Europe, but also at the, east, at the eastern flank. And our troubles show it, and our commitment to you shows you that you should support us. But we should not forget with this particular story developing since the beginning of the year, Lithuania leaving the 17 plus one format with China, and now the whole saga around the uh, opening of the, uh, of the representation of, of Taiwan in Vilnius. It is always something, it has also something to do with domestic affairs and with the, with the new government. Of course, Lithuania always was among the Baltic states, probably the one which was most uh, uh, normative in foreign affairs, at least in, in, in the recent years. Also, if you look at Russia, at Belarus, and so on. But uh, the conservative liberal government, which uh, is in, in, in power since the end of last year, so clearly has uh, emphasized the necessity of, of human rights, of, uh, of fighting for democracy, of supporting those who fight for freedom from Belarus to Taiwan, as it is written in the coalition agreement. And the opposition politicians in Lithuania are critical of that, of that very normative course from the Social Democrats to the, to the Peasants' Party. Uh, so I think this is also a part of the identity politics in foreign affairs of the new government, not neglecting, of course, the geopolitical and security aspects of that move.
This is not necessarily according to this what Lithuania is doing uh, with uh, or against China because already special services uh, and reports from Lithuania mentioned China as a threat yeah. uh, before a few years ago. This is according to this um, activities, uh, active, active action of uh, Chinese spies, for example, this um, anti-5G declarations, etc., etc. So this is this is more complex that it is uh, it is perceived only with the tabloid uh, titles that this is uh, uh, only um, talking about the Taiwan. Taiwan this is only one element. This is uh, this is a, a little bit checking policy. Just let's let's define the red line, so called as as China already mentioned, and uh, that's why what I how I would like to define um, the situation in the Baltic uh, state. I, I would rather use um, something like uh, that the whole story here is um, like in a lens. You've got the this, this small region with so many different puzzles and uh, security dimensions that really we even are talking about a small region. However, it uh, it is a very complex situation for whole, whole security, and more one which is uh, very often not taking into account the Baltic state itself diversification in different kind of policies. This is not this is not the point that Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia are always uh, organizing and defining their policy in the same way. And even according to the economy, security policy, there are some, uh, in general, in general priorities, yes. But in practice and in, uh, in everyday policy, it is not, not that case. And even uh, as Kay mentioned, in, uh, in the Mali case, the French cooperation, Estonian-French cooperation, this, this is one of the uh, situations. Latvia's, Latvia's pragmatism and even the role and uh, cooperation on this economy level with Russia. This, and at a threat, we could really mention uh, different plots here, how... However, maybe okay. I will put the dot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with with China, it's interesting, um, and you you have similar reports also in Estonia and elsewhere. Yeah. And uh, of course, we we have a kind of sort of consensus in a way, and and it's it's not confined to the to the to the to Landsbergis and 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 the conservatives or so in in Lithuania. But you do you wouldn't have to go that step with 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 Taiwan. That was once more. You can be very skeptical and have an, a new threat perception, but nevertheless, you might. You might be more cautious on the on the other front. Yeah, Landsbergis is very criticized. The decision of the, as you mentioned, yes, uh, the opposition. Karbauskis, now. <laughs> and, and the second thing is, and, and with, with this difference, uh, yeah, that's that's of course very important. Uh, the, the the difference, even though I would I would say that in 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 the last one or two years, with with the Belarus crisis and the China issue, and of course in general terms, with with the risks coming from Russia, they have moved together. Remember the, the, the disputes about um, Astraviets, no. uh, the, the nuclear power plant, and importing electricity, but the disputes between Latvia and Lithuania, <laughs> with the Lithuanians being very tough, and Latvia uh, having uh, we need to this. continue it in yeah. a way via Russia and so on. Um, uh, and also, also with Belarus proper in other spheres, Latvian, Latvians... Yeah, and now they are they're close. they're closer. Also, also with China, probably maybe the Estonians might be the next. 
Yeah, they, they mentioned some. There are some rumors in Estonia. Oh, maybe we will leave uh, sixty yes, plus yes. one now. Mm-hmm. Lithuania but also, but they wanted to leave it together with others. Yeah, that's what I know for sure. They were a bit. Uh, they, they they didn't want to leave alone alone, but at the end they did it. And yeah. the way the way this discussion goes shows that even this small geographic area can be really a lens, and I really love the comparison, a lens that focuses a number of discussions concerning security and different kinds of security. Thank you very much, Kinga Dudzińska and Kai Olaf Lang. Thank you. Thank you.